welcome to see free Cheltenham. If you've come in since the last warm welcome you received. Um, my name is Christian, and um, I'll be uh, delivering the message today. Um, and um, I wanted to start um, on vision builders, which we've not talked about much of late. Um, but um, we mentioned uh, vision builders a few months back, uh, which basically is something that we run every um, year, and it's to it's for the vision of the church, it's to help the vision of the church, um, and uh, effectively. This particular one was to raise funds for the insulation in the ceiling in this very room. Uh, and a lot of you have decided to put money in, which has been uh, wonderful. Um, we did say we would start it in March and we would finish it in October. It is now October. If you haven't yet, um, it's not too late. Uh, so, um, so that's great. We have raised um, a, a good chunk of money. Um, so far, I think we've raised about 6,000 through it, which was great, so thank you so much so far. The quote to put the insulation in is eight, so um, this is the last couple of weeks to try and, to try and uh, put it in. If you have already decided how much you're putting in, but you've not put any in yet, then please feel free to do that. There's, there's never any pressure, but um, it was a, an offering out of investment into the building, investment into the vision of the church um, in that way there. And as we're about to hit winter, and I think it was zero degrees when I woke up this morning, then uh, you might be grateful of insulation in this ceiling. Um, there we are. Anyway, who enjoyed last week's baptisms? Yeah? Wasn't that fantastic? Eight people baptized, eight people's lives Changed forever at their salvation, obviously, but then to see them confirm that, to see them actually brought into the, the, the well, they're already in the church family, but to see them commit their lives publicly like that was an absolute joy to me and to everybody here, which was great. Um, and, um, and that was a, a wonderful, wonderful thing. So for those that got baptized, you got your certificates, I hope, and uh, I hope you've got them stuck up on your wall somewhere. Um, I'm very proud. If you got baptized before we started giving away certificates, I'm sorry it's too late. Uh, so don't come retrospectively after that there. But there we go. Right then, moving on. Have you ever noticed that people can act very aggressively to completely innocent things that we say? It's just me. <laughs> really minor issues. Have you ever noticed that some people just kick off after something happens really minor? All I said was, can you leave the toilet seat up? Bang! That's like a, a time bomb for some people. <laughs> or um, all I said was, could you sneeze not so loud? That, that, or the little things that just trigger something inside people. There. We'll, return, we'll return to some of these in a bit. But, um, but the, there are certain things which, uh, which trigger us all off. So certain statements that were made, certain things that are happening. Um, and... Um, there are trigger points um, that cause us to react in certain ways. So it's not just other people. We notice it more in other people than we notice it in ourselves because we think we're righteous in actually triggering off like that. And, uh, but when other people do it, then we're not. So, um, but from the moment we're saved, from the moment we come into God's kingdom, God gets to work on transforming us into the image of Jesus. And that's the, the first thing he will do in that respect there. Um, so we are continuing the discipleship theme today. Um, Beth started it uh, before the baptisms. 
Um, and, and I'm looking at transformation and the transformation process. Um, and we will look at the journey that God takes us on to give up destructive habits, to give up a destructive lifestyle, and then to embrace a godly attitude. And I'm going to do this in two preaches. It was going to be all crammed into one, but I, it's just not going to happen. And you'll be happier because you'll get out earlier. So, um, so that's good. But there's a real good bonus to this because it results in us becoming much more free on the inside. It, be, it results as we embark on this transformational journey in us being far more full of love, far more full of peace, far more full of joy and life with every single step. Jesus did not come to kill our joy, but to bring life in all its fullness. And the more we can get our handle on that, the better we will embrace that transformation that he's doing. Amen? Okay. So, how does God do this work? Well, we are going to focus on just one aspect of it today. Psalm 147, verse 3, says the following. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. Our hearts are healed by the love of of God. And this is a huge, huge, huge issue. When we first come into God's kingdom, often we have been wounded by all sorts of different things that the world has chucked at us. And it could be anything that we've had to deal with. Here is a picture of a heart that's been wounded by the world. Come on up now. Look at that. Now, I don't know if that's a real heart or not, but there we get the idea. All of those arrows are all about the things that people have said, the way we've been treated, the way that people have downtrodden us, the way that we've been bullied, the way that we've been acted upon. Every single one going in, every single time someone has done something mean, every single time someone has done something horrible, then we literally are feeling beaten up. And we're wounded, on, and that's the way that... Initially, we come to Jesus, and it's not, it doesn't stop there, I know, because you don't enter into the kingdom of God, and magically, amazingly, there's no more wounds ever again. But certainly, when we first come to Jesus, a lot of the time, we are downtrodden, or we've had a lot of stuff that's gone wrong, and we see that time and time again, and it's, it's horrible. Now, if one of these arrows gets a small touch, okay, so let's say I missed the heart completely, but I touched the arrow, it absolutely kills. You with me? Because it goes right down deep into the heart. All right? The person that doesn't have the arrow there, we can have something happen, and it misses the heart completely because it's no trigger points. There's nothing there. So let's say that Angie's trigger word, she have, she'll have a trigger word, perhaps. Let's say that someone said something mean to her that contained the word cornflakes. Okay? This is a safe word, I hope. So if I said cornflakes to Angie, and that was a trigger word because someone has said something mean involving cornflakes in the past, then she could go flying off on one. Yeah, it's usually toilet seat. could be toilet seat. I don't know. But it's probably not, though, is it? I don't know now. I should have really qualified this, yeah, preach first. Anyway, before we get into this, um, so there could be a trigger word. There could be anything. And if it's, if it's not been healed up, if it's not been dealt with, if, it's not, if something's not been dealt with in the past, then it will hurt. So a, a fragile heart or a, a wounded heart, we should say, um, will take one small knock and the pain is magnified massively. Does that make sense? 
Okay, so if your heart looks like that when you first come to Jesus, or, or if it looks like that now, one small knock and everything hurts. Everything starts to really blow up. Everything goes like wrong at the same time. Everything, every minor issue can become massive to you. All right, so one small knock and the whole world has come colliding down on you because you don't know how to cope. Because it's one thing and that's how the heart is. And so... And that's, that's why we get extreme reactions of people over small things. That's why we may react massively over some small things. Because, um, because it's all wounds that have taken place in the past. They're trigger points. I've seen people react in the world, as if the, literally as if the world's coming to an end, because Sainsbury's didn't have the right ingredients for their a recipe for that later on that day. Right? It's not just Sainsbury's, for those watching on, online. It could be any shop or major outlet, but you get the issue. It, anything could go wrong. You know, one thing, and it's like, that's it. And, and the, the evening's ruined. Yeah, I've seen that happen. I've seen, I've seen this, I've seen it happen. I hope he's not watching. But I remember, we were all going out on a maths do. That was their fun. On a maths department. I used to be a maths teacher, for those that don't know. A maths teacher's uh, thing. I can't remember why, but it was a celebration of something. Um, and all of them were signed up, and it was the Brexit day. Remember Brexit? And, and, uh, and um, he was like, um, like for, you know, remain, remain, remain. And obviously, it went against remain. He became, and uh, I'm not political about this at all, but uh, he, um, he didn't come out that night. It was such a massive issue that Brexit happened that he sat at home. This is a grown man, mind. This isn't, this isn't a five-year-old. This is a grown man sat at home, sulking all night and not going out and having a meal out with his colleagues because of Brexit. Now, now you might think Brexit is a huge world-defining moment. I, I don't know. But, you know, these things happen. They're real things. And so what takes place in the end is that issues take place and they become massive to some people. And so we're looking at this because this is God's transformational work on us. Remember, that's the whole theme of this. God's transforming us bit by bit by bit. Because Jesus died for every single one of us. And he died so that every hurting heart could be made whole. Every hurting heart could know his forgiveness. Every hurting heart could be healed by his incredible love. Yeah, and that's huge. And the more we know his love, the more we're healed and the more we're transformed. It's part of the journey that takes place. And I'm gonna, I've used this before on one occasion, I think. So if you've heard it before, apologies. But, um, but this is typified in the journey of Song of Songs, which goes through, if you read through Song of Songs, it looks a bit racy, if you've never read it before. But um, to give it some context, it's the beloved is, or the lover is uh, God, and the person, the beloved, is the, the individual, it's the Christian. Okay? And there's a journey through this. There's a journey all the way through the, this, this uh, book, this, this poem, really, which shows what happens as we allow God to love us. It shows the transformation that takes place as we allow God to love us. And I want this to go deep into us today. So chapter 1, verse 2. 
says, let him kiss me and kiss me again. Or it could be love and love again. He's basically the person right at the very start of their life, right at the very start of their journey with Jesus, right at the very start is just letting God love them. And that's it. Nothing more. I will let God love me, and I'm doing nothing more about it. That's chapter one. All right? That's where it starts. I'll start with, I'll let you love me. I'll start with that. And I'll not do anything else, but I'll let, you, I'll let you love me. I'll let you in. I'll let you in a bit, and I'll let you love me. By the time you get down to chapter 2, there's a little bit more going on, because she now says, uh, my lover is mine, and I am his. So basically, you've got a really interesting bit of language, where it, they're, they're, if you think about this, we are claiming that we own Jesus. Got it? That's it. We own Jesus, but he owns me. So that's the order that things are at. I've let Jesus love me so much that I am going to say that I own him. I own him? That doesn't make any sense. But that's the context at the moment. And then at the end, but he also owns me. And that's the order. No, that's the order. That's in chapter 2. Got it? So I've let God love me. I've let God love me. I've hit chapter 2. And you know what? I, I think that I, I will say that I belong to him, but I belong. I, 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 I'm getting more out of this deal than he is at this point. Is that making sense? Yeah. This is, this is all about me. Chapter 2 is all about me. And that, what am I getting out of this deal? I'm getting love. I'm, it's an amazing time. I'm getting all of this thing. And yeah, I'll give God some of my time. I'll give God some stuff, but not much, because it's all about me. And that's where things are at. And that's fine, by the way. All throughout the book, there's no complaint from, from God. We'll keep on using those terms now. There's no complaint. It's all fine. It's all absolutely fine, but that's where we're at at chapter 2. It's, it's all about me, and it's a little bit about you now. Then we move on to chapter 6, and the order gets reversed. So we have had now six chapters of being loved by God, which is a lot, actually, if you think about it, isn't it? Six chapters, love, 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 again and again. And that's all we're hearing, how much he loves us. I am my lover's, and my lover is mine. It's completely turned around on its head. Now, I'm saying completely, you are mine. But I still want something out of this deal. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I'm now giving a lot more into this relationship, but I still want a lot back. But the order is now that way around. There's a transformation that's taken place massively between chapter 2, where it was all about me and very little about him, and then chapter 6, where it was all, it's now all about Jesus nearly, but I still want a lot to do with it. Yeah, I, I'm still claiming some ownership on Jesus. I'm still claiming my little bit. And then you get to chapter 7, where he's lost it completely, total and utter surrender. I am my lover's, and he claims me as his own. That's it. Completely an utter transformation. And all that's taking place in the whole book is I'm letting God love me, I'm letting God love me, I'm letting God love me. And the transformation that he does is he heals your heart, and he heals your heart, and he heals your heart bit by bit by bit. And so in the end, your relationship with him is so pure, and you've got no more wounds, and you just want to give. Does that make sense? Eh? That's what's happening. Love as it gets poured into our hearts, as we allow it to get poured into our hearts, in the end, causes us to want to give, 
causes us to surrender, causes us to put Jesus top and us bottom. That's what happens as we let God love us. It's not a mystical thing. It's just a let God in and let God's love do the hard work. Let God heal you of all the rubbish and all the mess that goes on with it. I uh, spoke to, um, I apologize, I've um, said this story to a couple of people in the church, but there was a, um, a head teacher of an inclusion unit where all the naughty children go. <laughs> it's, it's not really, you know, they've just not, they've struggled to go to another school. Um, so, and they'd kick off something big time in this inclusion unit. I spoke to this head teacher, and he, I said, what, what do you do then? You know, how do you, how do you handle them? And he had all these tricks of how to handle them, all these behavioral tricks of, of what would you do to make sure that the kids were doing what they should be doing. And he said, I'd use logic puzzles here, and I'd do this, and they did this. He had a load of lists of stuff. And then just as I was leaving, he dropped this on me. He went, of course, you know, love is the biggest thing of the lot. If the kids know they're loved, they behave, basically is what he said. If the kids know they're loved, they completely change their countenance. They completely change the way they act. And it changed everything for me in that one conversation because I was like, wow, that's amazing. That's phenomenal that God's, well, his, he was saying just him loving them and their teachers loving them made such a difference. But there we are. So that's one major, major way. Because you see, the more time we spend allowing the love of God in, the more we're inspired and, to, and empowered to love him back. Does that make sense? There is something that goes on. There's a motivational thing that goes on. We're inspired to love others. 1 John 4 says we love others because he first loved us. All right? So there's that that's going on. We're inspired to love others. If you're struggling to love people right now, just let God love you more, basically, is, is what that says. We're inspired to trust God more. Love and trust come together. The more secure we become because his love drives out fear. Yep, it's all in the Bible. We operate out of a genuine desire to give rather than to take. All right? It, it's all what takes place on the inside of us. It's a wonderful journey, and it's yours to take now for free. I mean, that's a great sales pitch. Come on. No, no, come on. <laughs> Not cunning, yeah? But the love of God heals our hearts. The love of God makes us new on the inside, and it helps us to give the ability to handle life setbacks, able to walk through the injustices and problems that we have to face. Before I was a Christian, I became a Christian at 22. Before I was a Christian, I, would, I honestly, I was hardened by the world by, by, by a lot, actually. And I don't remember why too much, but I was cynical. I was mistrusting. I was suspicious of people. And as I allowed the love of God into my heart, I realized he started to heal me. Bit by bit, part by part, it was all happening. I found I was able to trust again. And I was able to enjoy relationships with people again without suspicions keep coming and, and keeping everyone at a distance. All right? So if you've ever gone through wounds and all the rest of it, then you want to keep everyone at a distance. You want to keep everyone, because that's where you're, you're keeping yourself safe. You're keeping your heart safe. If your heart looked like it did at the, um, in the 
earlier slide, you don't want anyone near it because it's going to absolutely kill as soon as someone touches that thing. But the more God heals it, the more you can enjoy relationships. The more God heals it, the more you can act the way he wants you to act, the more you can enjoy relationships the way he wants you to enjoy relationships and enjoy life the way he wants you to enjoy life. Transformation takes place through love. Yeah. Honest. It, it does. I, 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 every bit of fear that you have in your heart at the moment, every single bit of it, every single anxiety, which can be triggered by a person just saying something in a certain way or acting in a certain way, the love of God can heal a lot. Every single bit of it. And that's so, so, so crucial. I really felt um, this week there was a prophetic word that I got for the whole of the church, which is this. I'm going to speak it out. Obviously, it'll be on YouTube if you miss it. Um, but it's this. As we spend time resting in God's love, soaking in his love, experience it, experience, I can't speak, experience, feeling it. <laughs> it will take our relationship with him to a whole new level. There's so much more he wants us to experience with him yet. Where we are in our relationships with God is not the end. Whatever you are experiencing right now with God in your relationship, there's so much more. Sometimes we look at life and we go, well, you know, when we're in heaven, it's going to be amazing. Wow, 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 it's going to be absolutely phenomenal. And I can't wait for that bit there, but we're just going to put up with him as it is right now. But the thing that God's saying is right now, right now, there's so much more. Right now, there's so much more for you to get. Right now, there's so much more for you to experience. You literally have to just let me close, let me in. Open our hearts and let me near because there's so much more for us still to get, to taste, to sample of the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God, revelation after revelation, the richness of his word, all of it. And it comes today if you want. It's not waiting for heaven. We're talking about an enjoyment of an eternity that starts now. And I think it's really, really important. So... The rest of this prophetic word said, this will result in us bearing far more fruit. Okay? So it's not just God wants to pour his love into your heart and go, way, that's fantastic. Your love, the love of God's in your heart now. That's great. You feel a lot better. Because that's not the end of this. Actually, what the end of it is that it results in an overflow of your heart so that you go out and you make a difference. It results in fruit being born as we go out because people will see how much you are loved and, they, and that will make all the difference on the inside. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks, a very wise man said once. Out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. If our hearts are full of the love of God, what's your mouth going to be speaking? Yeah? It's going to be speaking Best things possible. A heart full of God's love, a heart full of the Holy Spirit will transmit life, it will transmit love, and it will transmit healing to people's souls. Amen? Yeah. And that is something we can get. 
And it's one of the ways that we can intentionally build and transform our communities. As we get into our spheres of influence, we can make a huge difference by demonstrating his love. Now, you may be sat there going, well, how on earth do I rest in God's love? And everyone's got their own preferred way. But really, in all of these things, it starts with believing he loves you in the first place. All right? Everything in the Christian walk starts with faith. Starts with actually believing that it's real. So I would say, if you've never experienced God's love before, or you struggle with believing that he loves you, then I would pick certain verses where he actually says he loves you and personalize them. We sang the song, it's John, John 3.16. We actually sung John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. That, uh, yeah, and so on and so forth. Personalize it. For God so loved me that he gave his one and only son. And speak it over yourself. Meditate on it. Dwell on it. And more and more and more we do things like that, the more and more and more we will enjoy the love of God. We'll start to believe it more and we'll start to experience it more. Does that make sense? Just a little application point. But it does start with there because intimate, loving relationship with God brings a transformation that only God can achieve. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18 does use the word transformation, which is good. We all, with unveiled face, unveiled face, very important, close relationship. We're now getting a close relationship. But we all, with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord, are being transformed into the same image, from glory to glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. This transformation takes place inside of us as we allow him near. It is a very nice way he has given us an opportunity to do that. He is not saying grit your teeth and work it all out for yourself. He's literally saying, come let me close, let me near, let me in, and I will do it all by my love. I will do it all by my spirit. I will do it all because I love you so much. Okay. So in a minute, we're going to, I bet you're glad that uh, there's another two-thirds of the preach that I've just got rid of. So uh, um, we're going uh, to have the band back up in a second, and I'm just going to give you the opportunity to respond to that. But um, I just want to uh, finish with the gospel again, which is that Jesus died that our sins could be forgiven. Jesus died that we could enjoy an eternal relationship. Remember what I said, that that relationship starts now, but it doesn't finish now because it goes on forever. And it's one that brings a new peace. It's one that brings a new hope. It's one that brings a new joy. And this goes on forever. And I want us all to know that. In a moment, I'm going to pray, and you may find yourself in one of the three following categories. So can I have every head bowed in here, please? The first one is that you don't know Jesus today as your Lord and Savior. You've never been a Christian, and you would like to make this day where you begin your relationship with him. The second is that you used to walk with Jesus and you'd like to reconnect with him today. And the third one is that you're not sure of your salvation, and you're not sure that at the end of your life, you'll be going to heaven, 
and you desire the certainty that Jesus offers. If you relate to any of those three, then please pray along with me now and repeat these words out of your own heart. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I ask you to forgive me for all my wrongdoing and receive me as your child. I commit my life to you now. Amen.